He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the perfect judge, the perfect defender, and our perfect savior. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Madison Sanderson. Grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's celebrate him. Hey guys, I'm so thankful that you're spending more time with me. I cannot believe that we are already uh, so many episodes into this podcast. It is a dream come true and I'm excited to see where the Lord takes this. Um, This episode is a special one as it is full of new things. Uh, things that I'm learning about, things that I'm trying to figure out how to do and to better do on my podcast. Um, But uh, I do just ask that you be a little gracious when it comes to this one, as again, I'm learning new tactics and new way of doing things. So the sound might not be the best in a lot of the areas. And at some times you may be having to turn your volume up and down, just depending upon what is going on and who is speaking. Because on this episode, we have guests, which I'm super excited about. As always, I'm pretty much excited about anything that has to do with this podcast. So before we get started, as always, I have some sponsored ads. They play on some platforms and they don't play on others. So the ones that don't play, you just get a couple minutes of silence. So we'll be back shortly. She doesn't even go here. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello. Say hello. Hi. I have a special guest today. This is my husband, Cody. Hello. And we are very excited that you guys are spending some more time on this podcast. Um, As you heard before with our little sound bites, we are obviously going to be talking about things being taken out of context, which is one of my favorite topics. And it's also a um, very depressing topic at the same time because it's something that is done quite frequently all the time yeah and it's something that we talk about a lot um not just between ourselves but with our family and our friends and so obviously it made sense to go ahead and do it for a podcast episode but before we get started in that um i just kind of want to perk your ears towards the fact that At the end of this episode, I am going to be explaining a little bit about a giveaway that we're going to be doing. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention so that you can possibly win. So anyways, so like I said, today we are going to be taking verses that are commonly taken out of context and we're going to be discussing it. And I have obviously my husband Cody is joining in, but we have a few other surprises coming up as well. So, to get things started, I'm going to do a verse that women have, like, flocked to. And I'm, I I understand why. Once I read it, you will understand why as well. But, 
it is not one that is meant for the way that it's being used, which I mean, obviously we could say for every single one of them. Why do people tend to take things out of context? It's for many different reasons. I mean, people do it because they want it selfishly to explain something about themselves or make themselves feel better about something. Sometimes they don't read the full passage or understand the literary background. Right. Or like we've said said before is that whenever you're doing your Bible studies, if you're using a study that literally gives you a verse and then the next day you have a verse that's completely somewhere else in the Bible that they don't even go right next to each other, then you're never going to get the full context of any actual verse. So then, yeah, you're naturally going to probably cling to these partial verses. And it would be a good idea not just to read that one verse you can go read read the one before it read the one after it read the entire you know read the entire chapter if you have to consult its neighbors exactly idaho neighbor (laughs) so now that we kind of gave you a little bit of an overview on that the first verse that we're going to be pulling apart is psalm 46 5 it says god is in the midst of her she shall not be moved god will help her when morning dawns So that is obviously a very beautiful verse, and it's one that, like I said, you were probably not surprised that women flock to that, because obviously it says God is in the midst of her. So there's not a ton of verses throughout Scripture that is specifically towards women. So when we find one, we tend to just like bombard our walls and our t-shirts and our coffee mugs with that verse. Yeah, but here's the reality of this verse. For one, it is not talking about a female. It is not talking about a woman at all. It is actually talking about Zion. The her is Zion. And you might think that's kind of weird, but if you remember, when we talk about like America, we'll usually refer to this nation as her. It's just kind of something that we've all done for ever, really. Obviously, I mean, it's in scripture. So the her is referring to Zion. So the fact that God is in the midst of her is meaning that he's in the midst of his chosen place. Not a person. Right. It's his holy habitation, right? Yes. But also, if you look at the rest of the verses, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though its waters... Oh no, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea... Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. If you would have read that, you probably would have picked up on number five. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So that is, yes, something that we can cling to because it is proclaiming who God is. And so the fact that we take this entire this entire passage that's talking about God and we make it about us is so... this out of context. I've done that. I mean, that was a verse that I loved. And if, um, I believe it's in Zephaniah, there's one that talks about how God is the glory within her midst. Mm -hmm. And I liked it because, I mean, as a female, when you hear that, you feel like empowered and we're all about empowering each other and, you know, making sure that we feel like we have, you know, all this ability to do whatever we want. 
I'll have to say I have never taken it out of context. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's others that I'm sure he has. Yes, but, so this this whole thing is talking, one, about God in general. But it's also talking about the fact that they are crying out to God. This is not a good time in their life. And so the fact that we're only using this to make ourselves feel better, whereas instead of crawling out to God like we're supposed to, what we're saying is, no, 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 God's in my midst, but I got this. Like, I'm not going to be moved because God's within me. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. the Holy Spirit is with you for sure. But that does not mean that you're not going to go through these times that all of them are going through. So that is one verse that is oftentimes taken out of context. So uh, Cody... What is the verse that you have? Mine is in John thirteen thirty four. <clears throat> Let me turn my Bible as you should yourself and read it. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. <laughs> well, why is that one out of context? Aren't we supposed to love everybody? No. If you put it in context, it is it is the new command, and it is where Jesus is talking to his disciples, not everyone. This is not... Uh, it's not for everyone. It's for all of the predestined. It is for the elect, and a lot of people think and take that out of context because they don't read all of the scripture. They just read bits and pieces like, well, we've all done it. You flip the Bible open to a verse and you make it about yourself. Right. Well, everybody can make this about themselves, but it's not. If you read 31, 32, 33, if you continue reading, it's just talking about the elect. I mean, all of us are supposed to love the elect. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, new body of Christ. After after you've been uh, touched by God and you accept him in your life, then you are a part of a whole new family. Mm -hmm. And that is who you are supposed to love as Christ loved. Mm -hmm. And so that means that you have a sacrificial love for these people. That exactly. That you are willing, obviously... To go above and beyond, you're will, you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to um, call them out when mm -hmm. they're um, going astray or whenever they are doing whatever it might be that obviously is contrary to scripture. You are willing to die for one another. Mm -hmm. That is that is the true meaning of sacrificial love, right. not just uh, giving up things, world, worldly things, material things, but your life. Mm -hmm. You, you give that up. Yeah. And you can see it. I mean, you can see it anywhere. But we're also, we are still called, because a lot of people are going to say that this verse um, ties into the commandment yes. that was from Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. That, excuse me, that explains that, you know, we are supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. But once Jesus comes and this all happens, the neighbor does then narrow to just the believers. Yes. Not to every single person that you come into contact with. 
But we are supposed to have a love for everybody, like, and more of like a brotherly love towards people. If you'll turn to Galatians 6, 9 and 10, it states, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household household of faith. I mean, this passage, it does not state how working for the good of all is supposed to look like. Yeah. I mean, that could be helping others, of course, but mm-hmm. it could also be turning your back or turning your cheek the other way. Mm-hmm. This is certainly people on this earth that are, you know, that, that are destined to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Either way, God is glorified in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's deep, it's heavy, and it's a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But that also, it's perfect because that leads into another verse, which I actually was not originally planning on doing this verse until today. Um when I posted it on my Instagram story. And so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, one, go look at it. If you're not following me, go follow because I try to post a lot of stuff throughout the week that pertains to um, what I spoke about at my podcast or what I will be speaking about on my podcast. Um, And it's just going to kind of keep you up to date. And so that's Mayhem Maddie. Follow me at Mayhem Maddie. And it's M-A-D-I. Not M-A-T-T-Y or M-A-D-D-I-E, as people like to tend to misspell it. One thing I'd like to add is take everything to God's Word, to the Scriptures. Don't just listen to this. Don't just listen to any other resource that you have. Open your Bible and read the entire context. Just just take it to the Scripture. That's the best resource that you have is this Bible setting before you? Mm -hmm. Well, this one I'm going to say is not necessarily one that if you do read it in context, it still is not going to sound the way that it actually is meant. And that's because it doesn't give you any more backstory. Because as we know, well, for one, if you don't know this, Mark, this we're in Mark, so we're in Mark chapter six. He wrote things very, very brief, very quick. It was their shorter sentences because he just seemed to be the type of person that was like, you know, we're going to get to the meat of this. That's it. I don't think he was one for small talk. Yeah, don't mess around. Yeah, and so he just jumps right into things. But then he also quickly jumps right out of it and goes into another thing. And so there, you don't get a whole lot of backstory on a lot of this stuff. So anyways, I posted this today and then I ended up having somebody... Talk to me about it, and it was, it was honestly eye-opening because the way that I read it was the way that I'm about to explain it, and then I didn't realize that there was a whole other view to it, which was really cool. And then I realized, okay, well maybe this is you know kind of important because a lot of people are, yet again, taking out of context. But like I said, this one's a whole lot easier to do that with. So what do I recommend for that? If you are unsure of what it truly means, instead of making your own assumptions and just going about your business, do your research. There are so many commentaries. There's different preachers that will talk about this. They will have their own sermons on it. Um, And take it all back to scripture, just like what Cody was saying. So the verse is, 
like I said, Mark 6, verse 5. And it said, And he, talking about Jesus, could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So, little bit of backstory on this. Jesus is in Nazareth, right? And that's where he is originally from, correct? And it has stated before that when he went there, basically, like, they didn't want anything to do with him. So, when you read this, it makes it almost sound like he was incapable, right? And some translations say that it was because of, uh, well, and then if you go on to number six, it says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. So it makes it sound like their unbelief was bigger than his ability. Yeah, Yeah. his ability to heal people, right? But the key word is accept. In in verse 5, it says accept. (laughs) Yeah. He was not able to do a miracle there except. So he did do miracles there so you can't really take that out of well you can take it out of context of course but if you read it break it down and understand it in this perspective except is a very very big word Mm -hmm. i mean you should be able to understand that except means well (laughs) he did or other you know but also look at it this way as well so he's in a town that doesn't they don't necessarily want him there they don't want to have anything to do with him everybody else marveled at him right and so when they heard of him they would flock to him and so people were literally lowering their friends through roofs trying to get healing they They wanted (laughs) right they wanted a miracle from him whereas he's in a town that they don't care they don't want anything from him yeah so who is there to get these healings not a lot of people it was a few sick people and he did end up healing them but in all of the Gospels, Jesus does these big, mighty works, right? Yeah. And what happens? People are saved, yeah. right? And it's the same thing as in Acts, whenever the Holy Spirit starts working. And tongues is being spoken, right? And each time, huge people groups are brought to God. Yeah. And in this certain verse, it's not a huge people group that are flocking to him because... Right, they don't you know, want they anything don't care. to do with him. They right. don't care about him. So if he's only got a few people there to heal, what, yeah. how do you expect a huge miracle? Yeah, but it's also, I think that it's really cool how it said, and he went about among the villages teaching. Yeah. So it's not that he necessarily like gave up, but I do believe that he might. he probably came to this place. Nobody was there. One, he knew that, but he also knew that there was no changing their mind. It just wasn't going to happen because this was not the first time. And so since we are people who do truly believe in election, he knew that that wasn't going to happen. And he's God. He's fully man, fully God, right? And so he knew that they weren't going to come. So what was the purpose in trying to do a mighty miracle that was going to lead to nothing? Except for possibly it might have hindered other people coming to him mm-hmm. we don't know we're not him <clears throat> and we weren't there <laughs> right right but but i do know of people who have taken this and they have preached it and ba- making it seem almost like our belief or our unbelief 
is so much mightier than Jesus ever could be. Or they could take it as Jesus didn't have the power, even though he was he's sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> he has the power, but some people might take that out of context, just in that sort, and mm. that's not true. Right. <laughs> Jesus has the power. He, he could have saved everybody there, but yeah. he didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that one, I mean, it's one that I, I've been enjoying reading even more and more and more on and seeing uh, different sides. And most people tend to lean on the side that it, it there was really no purpose for him to do a mighty work there. Yeah. But it's really cool to kind of see what where uh, other parts of Scripture people are drawing in from. Different and, perspectives is always, it, it's always fun to see. Yeah. Perspectives for sure. Yeah. Is my husband not the cutest thing you've ever heard? I'm seriously extremely, extremely blessed to have him as my partner in life, my partner in crime, and my best friend. But I already told you guys that I was going to have guests, and so now we have my next guest. She is such a good friend of mine, and she is also somebody who is just pushing me more and more towards Christ every single day. And is allowing me the space and the grace to grow in my own understanding of Christ and where I fall short on a daily basis. And so I hope that you will enjoy the conversation that her and I have about a verse that she oftentimes took out of context and that she realizes many others do the same. I would just like to welcome one of my dear friends. This is Miss Destiny. Um, we have become close friends just through similar situations in life, but also through the fact that we're both genuinely spurring the other one on when it comes to our walk with God. So hello, Destiny. Hello. So what would your verse that is oftentimes taken out of context, what would your verse be? My verse would be Matthew seventeen twenty. Um, not as much the beginning because that's not um, that's not what people seem to take out of context. They don't even um, quote the entire scripture actually. So yeah. seventeen twenty starts out with, "He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you." And so, for one, they don't even, like I said, they don't even um, quote or repeat or use the first part of that, which says, he replied, because you have so little faith, um, which mm-hmm. would give them some kind of indication that there's more to the story. Right. Uh, but they don't even, they don't even take that part into consideration. Um, <clears throat> so, that's that's probably the one I hear the most taken out of context. Well, the Bible says that. You know, if you, even if you have a little bit of faith that nothing will be impossible, we can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people will put a lot of emphasis, I believe, on the fact that it all has to do about your faith. Like it's you and you alone. You know what I mean? Right. And that for me is not at all what that is also explaining. And like you said, it has the because of your little faith. So the because is one of the first words in the whole verse, which is kind of one of those connecting words, right? It's almost like right. the therefore or the 
but something like that, which means that you should probably reference the other scriptures. Right. And this was, um, it says Jesus heals a demon possessed boy. And so that's actually what is right before um, this portion of scripture says Jesus heals a demon possessed boy. Um, so pe- people don't even start at the beginning to even really know what the scripture is about. Mm-hmm. Um, what situation those words are even spoken into mm-hmm. to even know if that could pertain to them. Right. It's kind of like, picking up on a conversation when someone says hey well do you want to go with me and you go sure that sounds great okay well I'm I'm going to a funeral why would you ever just jump right in to you know to the middle of something and assume yeah let's go with that yeah yeah exactly um and so we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand what were some of the other reasons why this could be a devastating verse if you do not understand its context Oh, well, I have a perfect example. Um, usually you hear this um, with things, little things all the way up to huge things. Um, people are trying to find a job. People are trying to um, come up with enough money to pay their mortgage so they don't lose their house. Um, it could be relationally, you know, with a spouse, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I know that this this was something that I spoke over and over again um, and back, gosh, 13, 14 years ago, um, where it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Um, that was really all that I held on to. I was a very young pregnant mother, 19, um, and the doctors told me that there was something wrong with my baby. And that he wouldn't live when he was born, if he made it that long. And for me, I knew this scripture. And that was all that I, I mean, obviously lots of prayer, lots of, um, lots of time being on your knees before God, when the doctors tell you something like that. Um, but I held on to that scripture. Unfortunately, didn't realize that, you know, the things before a certain scripture, the things after it, sometimes hundreds of years prior, um, you need to be aware of those things when you're reading a scripture. And so for me, I'm, I'm just going, okay, if I have enough faith, it's up to me. I have to believe. Mm-hmm. And I did believe, I believed with all of my heart. And so, um, I found something, um, a, a memory on Facebook. It was so many years ago that I had written, um, on my son's birthday, um, where I, I said I had the faith of all the mustard seeds, like a, a fields of mustard seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, years later, I understand. I know, I know better now. I know I've grown obviously 14 years later. Um, but now I realize that there's, there's, it's important what is before scripture, what is after scripture, um, that something that scripture is saying in Matthew may pertain to something from hundreds of years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily about me right now. Um, And the important thing is to read all of it um, Mm -hmm. and see if you can apply that to your current situation. Um, I I very well could have um, believed the rest of my life that I just I didn't have enough faith. And so my son ended up passing away because I didn't believe hard enough, um, which which would 
if I believed that way, would kind of confirm the rest of my life that I, um, I, I would always try to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would always think that it was up to me. Um, also it could have made me, um, hate God. It could have made me hate Christianity, hate the Bible. Mm-hmm. I could have said, well, the scriptures lie. Mm-hmm. And, um, if this, if this was the truth in this book, then when it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Mm-hmm. And only going off of part of one scripture and applying that to my situation and it not happening the way I thought that it should mm-hmm. could possibly have me stiff arm God and anything that has to do with him for the rest of my life. Yeah. Had I just leaned on that one portion of a scripture Mm-hmm. And not ever taken into consideration anything else that the Bible has to say, whether right. it was taught to me, you know, whether it was taught to me in church and, and a pastor used it out of context in a sermon, whether it was just somebody, you know, a good hearted um, Christian, you know, fellow Christian just trying to raise my spirits. And, um, you know, I don't believe that it was ever intentional. Um, also it has a lot to do with it's each and every person's responsibility to read the word for themselves, mm-hmm. not to just get fed by other Christians or by pastors or by the radio or whatever it is. Right. It's also our job to read the scriptures with our own eyes in our hands, in front of our faces, mm-hmm. read it for ourselves. Well, uh, and not just reading like just the new Testament, which is a big thing right now is people just want the new Testament, but also the old Testament, because this is making me think of uh, David whenever his son was dying and he begged God and begged God. And all he did was pray. And as we know, David is a man after God's own heart. So he had the faith. He was a perfect example of someone who knew that God could and would act if God so wanted it was in God's will. And God did not save his child, but what did, David then go and do, he then went and praised God because he still, even through the heartache, which I could not even possibly imagine what that feels like, but even through that heartache, he knew that God's choice was still sovereign. Right. And I think that when you take that verse and you put it in the context, like what you were saying, it does take away the fact that you may have all the faith in the world, but God is still more sovereign than you. Like you're not sovereign at all. You know, no. no, and and looking back, I mean, um, I could, and we could try to figure out. We could, um, we could try to point fingers. We could try to take blame or place blame. Um, we could be mad at God, but um, I remember at that time, and like I said, it, it's only by the grace of God that I was able to have the outlook that I did at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just tell God, even though, you know, I don't know what it was because I was only 19 right. and I, I was not, I did not know the word then like I do now. Um, so it, like I said, it, there's no, no way that I can take credit for the condition of my heart at the time. And the last thing you would think you would do when you're holding your child who has just passed away is say, like you said, you know, God, I know you're sovereign and I know that you have bigger plans and your, your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. You know, everything 
uh, about you is so much more complex and um, I, I should have and could have just been mad and angry, but I decided to say, you have plans and they're good. Um, and maybe it was some other scriptures that I, you know, that I've read that were kind of in the background. Maybe it was just the Holy Spirit bringing something, you know, some peace to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am forever grateful because that could have been a major turning point in my life in a bad direction. Oh yeah. Um, but I just, I just chose to hold on to God's a big God and he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and he's got a plan and he's got a purpose and I may not understand it but I'll get to ask someday. And that's what I had to hold on to is he, he had a plan, he had a purpose and, and also try to take, instead of why did the bad thing happened, happen? What was the good thing that happened? And what was the purpose of that? What did this accomplish? And that was something that I really, really held on to. And I still do. And I still try to point people um, in that direction that God did. If it didn't work out the way we want it, then God knew better. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what, what was the positive out of it? What, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What did that, the negative thing accomplish something for his good? Right. And so that's what I try to hold on to. Yeah. And remembering that we may never see what the good was. It may happen right in front of us and we still don't understand because we're such finite beings, but the more you read in scripture, Old and New Testament, you do learn that through everything, God's going to get glorified. And that's what our goal is. It shouldn't be the understanding of whatever is happening, but it should just be the understanding that God has always a purpose in everything. Whether or not we agree, whether or not we like it, it's the truth. Right. And Romans eight twenty eight now is what, um, instead of hanging on white knuckles, Matthew seventeen twenty, I've kind of swapped that out for Romans eight twenty eight, and that's and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Um, that's what I, I kind of swapped out. Um, yeah. And this and that one is in context. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for spending some time with us and for sharing your heart and just for sharing part of your story. Cause I know that uh, it's not always easy to bring up stuff, but I applaud you. No problem. Thanks for, for having me. Um, that, that is probably the biggest, um, the biggest one on my heart is for people to, be misled. And like I said, it it can even be out of, um, you know, it could, it could be a good hearted person, a Christian with, um, just wanting to try to find some comforting words. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can lead us so far away whenever, whenever the bad thing happens that we didn't think was gonna, was gonna happen. So that's, it's the biggest thing that, um, that's on my heart. I would love for people to, really take that into consideration so they don't they don't end up where I could have so yes amen amen well you're definitely going to be back on soon enough (laughs) and thank you so much for spending time with us well we are very thankful 
that you spent some time with us. Yay. Yay. As I always say, I mean, I'm pretty sure that my slogans are getting really tiring already. Probably. But I am really excited and really, really thankful that you do take your time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Um, it definitely means a lot to me. And it means a lot to Cody. I'm just going to say that for him. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I mentioned that there is going to be a giveaway. Yeah. Which is really also exciting. Balloons, confetti. Yeah, except for that's not what you're getting. Um, because <laughs> confetti makes a mess. Yeah. And I don't think I can ship balloons and still have helium in them. I don't know. I, I've never really tried. We could ship glitter. That would be horrible. You, everybody would boycott. <laughs> so here is the rules and the guidelines for this giveaway. It's actually really, really, really simple. I think that's his drum roll. Um, all I need you to do is I need you to leave a review about this podcast. And it can be a really simple one. I mean, preferably more than just like ditto or something like that, but like some sort of review because as a podcaster, our whole goal is like, obviously we're wanting to reach more people, right? Because I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. And people need the gospel. Yeah. And that, that is my heart is I truly want to try and help people to get through the stuff that I had to go through. And a lot of it I had to figure out on my own, which was rough and I didn't know who to turn to. And so, I mean, obviously that's a deep passion of mine. And so the more reviews somebody gets that obviously are good ones, um, the, the, the more likely it is for your podcast to be one that is then presented to other people. And so, um, there are two different places that you can leave reviews. If you click onto anchor, which is the platform that I use to create my podcasts, you can go on there and you can leave a review and that will then give me more exposure or whatnot. Um, which obviously is what I'm asking for. But then you can also do it on the iTunes podcast. If you leave a review on there as well, it does the same thing. And so here's the thing for a review on anchor, you get your name put in three times. And for a review on iTunes, you get your name put in three times. So if you put it in on both places, how many times is your name in there? How many times, Cody? Six. Yeah. <laughs> On so, the spot. Yeah. So you will have a more likely chance of winning. And if you mention my name, I'm just kidding. That's not really going to work. <laughs> I mean, maybe. We'll give you like a half of name. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I'm going to give you just a little bit of an insight into what you will be winning. But the thing is, is this is on until Easter. Come Easter that afternoon, a name will be drawn and the winner will be told that you won. We just broke our desk. Anyway. And what will you win? I'm not telling you everything right now. You're going to have to, you'll find some things on my Instagram story. You'll find some things that I've mentioned before in podcasts and ones that I will be mentioning in my other ones leading up to that. And it will all be in there. But let's just say It will be quite a few things that you can use for your own quiet time in many different ways and also things that I have used to help me understand how to 
learn from scripture, how to keep things within context, and also how to ensure that Christ is the main thing in everything. It's a nice little package. Yes, I'm very excited about it. Sort of a little, more like a medium package. Yeah, yeah. Well, the more reviews I get, maybe the bigger it'll become. So I don't know. But anyways, we're excited that you spent time with us. Thank you again. Be sure to leave reviews. That way you can get entered in. And you have anything? Can I say it? Yes. Go serve your king. Okay, no. And may you go and praise God from whom all blessings flow. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.